All right, I've made it to uh, episode 52. I don't know, every week I always say this, I've made it to this number episode. Well, of course I have. We're going to continue to do this. It's the Behind the Mic podcast. Please like this, and you're probably listening on iTunes. I know that's very popular, but we got to thank Anchor FM. They're part of this. They're the host. These uh, interviews I'm doing now, you can find them on YouTube. Just search Mike Antonellis, my YouTube page. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. One Instagram. Yeah, search me on TikTok. I have a TikTok account. I have a passion for DFS. What is DFS? What What would be a funny word for DFS if it if I didn't say the meaning of it? Doing freaking something. That that could be it. Daily fantasy sports. I absolutely love it, especially the NFL. I am hooked. Been playing it for years. I'm on FanDuel, DraftKings, SuperDraft. They play on Yahoo. Hey, I put in a golf lineup this week. Uh, you name it, I play it. And so does my guest today, Chris Robin. You can find him at, at Detroit Beastie. He's a Lions fan. He's from Michigan. We connected on social media. That's why I don't think social media is as bad as people say. Chris liked a video I made. I'm a social media influencer for D'Angelo's. I made... A funny video using my nieces. He liked it. We found out we both like DFS. He's a big wig in this. He uh, works at DFSCheatSheet.com. Also, uh, Fantasy Sports Writers Association. This guy knows his stuff. He wins a lot of money. And we connected. And I think we're going to form a friendship out of this just by meeting on social media. But he's got some good tips. If you're a DFS player, you're going to really love this conversation with Chris. Chris, people can follow you at Detroit uh, Beastie. I love that Twitter handle. Thank you. That's uh, Detroit is the city where I was born and raised. Lived twenty minutes north of there, and Beastie is my cat's name. So I I put it together. <laughs> I think I I made the Twitter handle uh, in haste, and it, it came out to be uh, pretty good on the other end. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what you're doing right now. I know you you've written for sites. You're you're big in the daily fantasy community. How did that all start? Well, it was just uh, not to be corny, but it was like uh, I was on a never ending quest a few years ago for uh, daily fantasy sports content, playing on uh, FanDuel constantly, hockey season, uh, baseball season. And I could never find uh, content the way I I thought it should be, if that makes any sense. Right. I wanted it a certain way, you know, the way my brain thinks and the way, excuse me, the way my brain works or operates. I wanted something a set way and I couldn't find much like that. So I decided to make my own content, you know, and uh, over the years, it's kind of, it's been a slow grind, obviously, but uh, it's picked up the pace here. And I got some major momentum behind me uh, now, eight, eight weeks into this season. I'll tell you what, once you start doing this, it it is, you know, and I don't know if it's all about the money anymore. I mean, it, it, it's competition, but I, I absolutely love it. And it's hard for me football to do season long anymore. Oh, I'm with you. And here's the thing. Uh, money has never been my motivator. I'm not, I'm not rich now and I'm surely not going to get rich, uh, writing this stuff. It's like you said, it's, it's the competition and the relationships that, that we're building and forming are more important to me than money. Like us, we just came across each other uh, on a, on a Facebook video. Right. I said, this is great. I I love what you're doing. You reached out to me and bam, here we are uh, on a Wednesday afternoon. So it's more so the relationships and the sharing content and, and helping others that I like, that I like best. Cause again, 
let's be honest here. We're not getting rich writing God DFS stuff. No. And I think the misconception, I try to talk about this in some of my videos. I know that there's negative parts of this DFS and sharks and all that. And that people have to understand those guys are putting in. I mean, I, I see what they're spending in a weekend. They have unlimited bankroll. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And as you said, that's what they do for a living. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> not to be, not to sound like an egomaniac or like, oh, look at him. I've been playing on FanDuel since its inception, as I said, since 2012. So uh, I'm no shark. I've never spent tons of tens of thousands of dollars in a weekend overall in my lifetime. Sure. But there's a lot of ways, you know, to get around sharks and that kind of behavior and, you know, just get your piece of the pie. I mean, I've won big tournaments, but as it stands now, I just want a piece of the pie and I have a nice little uh, system that I use personally. Yeah, I have that written down. Number one, you have to form your process, how you get to where you're at. I try to tell people simple. You want the answers to the questions. The, the, the questions that Without are asking, doing the homework. Yeah. Is, is the implied totals. I think we, we, I never used to even look at that. You have to, if you, if you are looking at the games and you don't form what you think the score is going to be, then how the heck are you picking your players? Right. Do you think that's no a good doubt. approach? Yeah, and you're right. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm big into uh, yeah, team implied totals. Over unders will tell you a lot because those over unders are uh, they're made by professionals in Las Vegas. And last yeah. time I checked, uh, Vegas is pretty damn good at what they do. And they the, the old saying, "The house always wins," you know. So uh, yeah, those are some of the those are few of the things that I use. And as I told you earlier, we had a, a, a like a, a conversation like in a in a chat uh, on Twitter, and everybody has to have their own process, as you mentioned, right? Yeah. So I, I can. I can sell lineups till I'm blue in the face. I could push what I'm trying to do until I'm blue in the face, but that's, that's only really putting a bandaid on the issue. Everybody has to find their own individual process that works for them. What works for me might not work for you. What works for you, you know, so it just goes on and on down the line. So uh, it would be someone find kind of, you know, their own, made their own way. Let's say I can only do so much, just like push you along. What are some of your big things that, that that's in your Bible? <laughs> oh, in my Bible. Okay. Uh, it's around here somewhere. Here's one of them. It's my little Bible. Uh, awesome. I have another one here. I can break it out. I can break it out before we're, before we're done. But yeah, these, these pages are covered uh, from front to back. I've had this one for about five years. My other one is like, if the, God forbid my house was ever on fire, I'd probably get, grab, grab the cat first. And then I'd grab my, my two uh, fantasy sports Bibles that I've written myself. So as we were, as we were talking, we could pull the curtain back a little bit to people that uh, will watch this. <clears throat> I, I get in, I enter all week, enter, enter, enter dollar, dollar games and $2 games, only the three man contest. So I'm not playing these massive half a million entry uh, contest, right? That's where the, those are where the sharks swim, you know, there it's a dollar an entry and max is a hundred and fifty. So you're spending 150 bucks into maxing out a contest to win uh, like 5,000 bucks, 10,000 bucks. So uh, I'll play cat or excuse me, I'll play tournaments, but my process, as you asked me, I get so excited about this stuff. I, I go on tangents and I long winded yeah, no, answers it. there. So uh, as I was telling you, and this is no secret, I've, I've told uh, plenty of people this is, you know, you get to know somebody and, you know, you can trust them and whatever. Uh, 
what I do is, I, as I was saying, is I, I'll enter contests all week. Let's take this Sunday, for example. Uh, Sunday, uh, normally they break it down. I have an optimizer in front of me, and uh, I never play the main slates. Looking at it now, uh, main is it's 11 games, right? That's a t- you're better off playing the lottery, scratch off yeah. tickets, the Powerball, whatever. It, it's next to impossible. To hit, you have to have a damn near, you have to actually have the perfect lineup to get involved in that. So, uh, taking it a step further, I look at the slate, right? And normally, you know, eight weeks into the season, FanDuel, I don't know what DraftKings does, but FanDuel, they break it down. They do a 4.25 p.m. Eastern uh, express slate, always two games, maybe three games. It's fine. Two games is a sweet spot. So, 425 Express, I'll enter all week, dollar, two dollars. So when Sunday afternoon or morning comes around, let's say four o'clock, I have 175 entries. I've spent like 250 bucks, 260 bucks. And I have, as I've said, uh, 200 and something lineup, or excuse me, 170 something lineups in. So a lot of them, I would say 75% of them are the dollar dollar games, three man, five man. That's it. No more than two bucks an entry. Yep. And I use an optimizer. Uh, I've taken what I've learned all week. I have my notes here. Everything's highlighted. Everything's tabbed here. Uh, I'm like a maniac, like a serial killer with my, the way I take <laughs> notes. But so uh, <clears throat> right before a lot comes around, I formulate my best optimized lineup and I use one lineup in every contest. So you're talking 150 entries. I'm using the same lineup, you know, and it has, I found that a, that alleviates a ton of stress because I'm not running around on Sunday, uh, trying to get in, trying to edit 160, 170 different lines. So I do one exact perfect lineup and more times than not, uh, <clears throat> all I'm ever trying to do is double my entry fee. So as I was saying, if my entry fee is $200 on a Sunday, if I get back 400, I've doubled my entry fees and, uh, and I'm happy as a clam. I cash out and I use the next two, I use 200 for the next week, cash out the profits and go from there. So what I found, and I, this, this happened, this process happened playing hockey, NHL DFS, my, my first, first love, which I also write about, but we're not in hockey season. So uh, what, what I do is I'm losing my train of thought here. I, I enter, 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 and I go from there. And that's, I found the best success there. If I can double, I know what I was going to say. If I double my entry fees, I'm good. Sorry to rehash, yeah. but more times than not three or four times a week, I can set my watch by it. I triple and quadruple my entry fees about three or four times a week. So you're looking at, if I enter $200 worth of lineups, I'm getting back 800, a thousand or 1200 bucks a few times a week. So uh, it's been a, a, a very uh, nice trusted process for about five years now. Uh, I've averaged uh, a certain amount of winnings and profit a year. I won't divulge that. Like I said, I'm not a money yeah. guy. I'm not here to talk like, Oh, look at, look at Chris. He's, he wins, he wins money, but it, it's a nice profit. It's like, it's basically uh, pays like a part-time job, you know, yeah. half the work, you enter all week and then you set one lineup and you get paid back like a part-time job. So uh, it, it's been a very, very nice uh, run here in terms of figuring out what works for me. Yeah. And so people are going to say, well, what kind of lineup do I build? And I thought when we talked before this, you made a good point. I mean, put the lineup that you think is the best, right? For that particular, yeah. for what you're Absolutely. doing. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Well, because look, so if we, if we compare what I, <coughs> excuse me, what I'm doing to like a big tournament, uh, it wouldn't make sense. If I had 150 lineups in one tournament, I would be an absolute dummy to just use the same lineup in 150 entries. You're, you're, there's a lot, you're, you, there's a lot at stake with 150 entries in one contest. If, yeah. if it does, if it hits, you win money. If it doesn't, you hit, you, le- you leave with, you know, 0.0 with a goose egg here. And again, the trick that I found is it's, it's only, I only have to beat two other people. Yeah. Granted, granted it's 150 times, but it's just me and two other people. And to be honest with you, I, I am confident enough in my process of, you know, uh, money, you know, reading uh, the numbers, crunching the numbers, averages, mix that in with, with my, the optimizer that I, that I use. It's, it, it's hard to beat me uh, in a three-man contest. That's even in a five-man contest. Yeah. So uh, I feel like I've cornered what I'm trying to do. And like, as I said, that's the process I've used for probably five years so far. I, you know, I think numbers with football are outstanding, right? I mean, definitely got to go with matchups. Uh, I'm for that. But do you, a piece of you sometimes has to look at. So for instance, in week eight, I was convinced on Miami at home because I took a human element. The Rams played Monday. They were going short week. They were going down and Miami's not a bad defense, but I, I knew they were going to be low owns for the cost. I took a little bit of the human element in there. So there's nothing wrong with doing that either for, no. for players watching. Absolutely not. And the human element is, I like to think that us per I'm the human element in my lines. Yeah. You're the human element in your lines. And the, the uh, I hate to say this, but a computer uh, only gets us so far. They just, they're, they are low bottom of the barrel, right? They only count numbers. There's, they see zeros and ones and X's and that's all they do. And it's up to us to sprinkle in a little bit of, you know, our, our attitudes, our, you know, I don't want to say relationships, but the way we, we see the, the, our process and how we, we see a player in what matchup and we run with it that way. So the human element is huge. And to specify human element, I always throw one guy uh, in my lineups, all hundred and something of them that uh, I personally want, right. Yeah. I'll add, I'll add one or two guys in the, in the optimizer. And this guy is going to be in all my lines regardless. So I'm going to, to either sink or swim with said guy this week. It's James Conner, just to put, just to give you a little uh, hint, little trick of the trade there. Yeah. I, I feel like FanDuel, I have noticed, I feel like I can build lineups, not easier, but maybe use the word more comfortable. If that makes any sense, I feel like I can fit guys in it's maybe more touchdown dependent, but I do like yeah. it. I'm starting to really like it more than DraftKings. Oh, absolutely. I, as I was saying, I, in my ring, in my trading, uh, a few years, one, well, you know, so I started at, cause I was prime. I've always played just on FanDuel. I've dabbled in DraftKings. It's just not for me. I, I don't like, I don't enjoy it as much as FanDuel. And again, that's a big deal for me too. If we're not enjoying ourselves yeah. and we're not having fun, what's the point yep. in all my DFS articles? I mean, I, I don't just say that. To, I don't just say, well, if you, if you have a problem with gambling called it, like I actually mean it, if you're spending your, your, your rent or your whole paycheck, you know, and you're not eating and you're, you know, to play DFS lines, then, you know, 
there's something else going on here. But in terms of what site you like to play on, it's personal preference. I know a whole heck of a lot of guys that double dip. They play on FanDuel and they play on DraftKings. And to me, I like just the one site and that's FanDuel. I can hone yeah. in. I see the prices fluctuate. I don't even, you know what, if let's, let's say there was a game tonight and just for example, in front of me, Kyler Murray, Arizona's quarterback, he plays uh, this weekend at home against Miami. He's 80, he's 8,600 bucks on FanDuel. I wouldn't even really need to, to go on FanDuel Monday or Tuesday after the game to know if his price has gone up a couple hundred dollars or if it's gone down a couple hundred dollars based on his performance there. So I just feel super tuned in and in sync with FanDuel. So that's, that's the site that, that I will use and will continue to use for the, the length of my DFS playing career, if you will. Yeah. I want to, you know, I've been trying to tell people, play the games you're good at and enter yeah. the free games. You know, I've been playing these Madden streams on uh, DraftKings. They do Madden streams. They don't cost anything. Mm -hmm. Even if you win a dime, I mean, play those. Um, I entered a, a, a dime tiers last Sunday and if Bourne would have scored a touchdown at the end of the game, I would have won $100 free. Mm. It was Isn't a dime. Great? I had Wilson, Metcalf, uh, Dallas. I had, they had the whole thing covered. So did a lot of other people, but Play the games that you're comfortable with. And also, I got in this thing with cash games where I had to play three running backs all the time, and I was jamming three in, and yeah. I was sucking. The rest of your lineup was suffering. I get yeah. that. And, but that's how I was reading how to do it. And then I said, you know what? I don't have to do that. You know, why not you just don't. make a lineup? Yeah. Right. Why not do what I want to do? The way you want to make it. Yeah. And I was... I was on a, a podcast yesterday. It was recorded in the evening, a, a guy in Oregon, right? And he asked me a question that how do you, where do you normally spend up on a player? And, you know, what you said about always trying to jam in three running backs, uh, kind of the bells went off in my head. It's different week to week. If you look yeah. at what's going on this yep. weekend, you know, I, I want all running backs in my roster. It's it. But next week, it might be as many wide receivers yeah. as I can fit in. But you got Delvin Cook playing Detroit, Derrick Henry playing Chicago. And again, as I said, James Conner in Dallas, those three guys are going to be in every lineup that I can make this weekend. Yeah. And again, it, it, it's different. It's different week to week. So there's no it, nothing is set in stone about how you have to build a lineup. It, you get yeah. the human element as you were talking about. It's up to it's up to me as the as the DFS player to judge that, you know, week to week, matchup to matchup. Yeah. Your lineup has to tell a story, doesn't it? I mean, if you're going to like in a tournament, you, yeah. you you have to with conviction when you make a tournament lineup when you play Russell Wilson, you have to tell yourself, I, if I'm going to win, he's going to throw five touchdowns. You have yeah. to think that, right? And yeah. you have you can't, to. Yeah. There's a difference. Uh, sorry to cut you off. You no. know, for years ago, I'm sure you've heard people that will watch this have heard. Well, well, uh, people always ask me, what well, do you have a cash line or a tournament line? And I'll be honest with you. A few years ago, I had no idea what the difference is. I've never built a lineup based on cash or tournament to come yeah. to find out every lineup I was building was crazy off the wall. So it would be better suited uh, in a tournament or a GPP as they put it, but cash, it's all supposed to be like, you know, safe guys, you know, high floor kind of guys, nobody that's crazy, no boom, boom or bust guys. Right. And when you build a, a big GPP lineup is in and telling the story, as you were saying, you have to take risks in yeah. certain spots. That's the only way you're going to differentiate 
your team from the 100,000 other people that are in the same contest here. And one thing that's, that's held true over all these years, every big money winning tournament that, I, that I've ever seen, it always has the, the number one overall scoring de- defense yeah. for that week. The, the DST portion of your lineup is more important than people think. And I can't stress that enough. Yeah, because if you get a zero, I mean, yeah, Miami had 23 points. If you, you can get a zero, Chris, I took Dalvin Cook out of my lineup Sunday. Last Fandu. week. Yeah. So, well, uh, May, before you tell me why, I just I want to tell you that what I think. Well, I'll be like a therapist here. Uh, it sounds like a like a case of oh, maybe overthinking and over tinkering. I know that's a big problem with, with people, especially Sunday, Sunday morning into afternoon, you know, it's like 1230, yeah. 12, 1245. Uh, if you're like me, you know, I try and go, I'm in Michigan. Uh, so I go in, north of Detroit. So this time of the year, I'm outside doing yard work in the morning so I can watch the lions at one o'clock. So when I come back in from doing leaps or cutting the grass, whatever, it's like 20 to one quarter to one. Uh, I wash up, take a shower. I'm in the bathroom. I'm sitting on the pot. Oh, I'll just pull my phone out and, you know, tinker. I've, I've had Delvin cook in my lineup since Monday, but here it is, you know, 15 minutes to, to lock. And I feel like I'm missing out on something. I feel like I I'm going to be smarter than everybody else, you know, on FanDuel. So I, you know, you can tinker too much yeah. and it winds up hurting you, hurting you overall. Yeah. It's a good lesson. You know, what can you do? Um, yeah, no, I, I love, I, I really like what you said because I think that there is, there, there's not a right way to do this, but there's a smart way to do it too. Like, yeah, I don't like the word dart throws because you, I mean, don't start uh, a 3000. Well, this is DraftKings. I'm, you know, minimum salary tight end on FanDuel because you want to squeeze someone else in, but you have yeah. to think he's going to play well, right? No doubt. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that you said that to me, a dart throw is for seasonal formats, like in the later rounds, uh, in the later rounds of a seasonal draft, that's when you take a dart throw, you know, you're in the 17th, 18th round, depending on how many teams are what the format of the league is. That's when you throw a dart because you can, if, if he doesn't perform after a few weeks, you can cut him. You can add another guy. A dart throw, to me, is always left suited for seasonal leagues. Uh, in DFS, there should really be no dart throws because you're in control. You can have any guy yeah. under the sun that you want in your lineup. So why would you just say, well, I'm going to throw a dart and hopefully this guy hits for me. You have We have everything that we could ask for in terms of, of numbers and research at the tip of our hands with our phone or our computer. We, we can look up so many different averages, so many different uh, stats compared to the pricing on, on both sites. So uh, a dart throw in DFS is just, uh, it's irresponsible to me, uh, if you ask me. It's, it's just not. Uh, yeah, it's not I agree good. with you. Do you. You know, I was thinking about this last week. Do you think sometimes the price of a player scares someone? What I mean by that, you have to, you know, with running backs, I've noticed the last few weeks, when that, you know, when a certain running back's hurt and, you, and his backup's in there, but you see the cost at 5,600, do you think that sometimes scares people away where, oh, I, I, that running back's cheap? You know, it, it makes you think he's not as good, but who cares? No 18 doubt. to 20 touches, like Damian Harris from the Patriots last week. Mm-hmm. I'm a Patriots fan. I knew he was going to get 18 to 20 touches. 
I mean, yeah. it's 4,600 on, on FanDuel. You can't beat it. Right. Yeah. And so what my initial thought to that one is, you know, when you look at FanDuel pricing or DraftKings pricing, they, I'd like to think that they're smarter than us. These guys yeah. are priced there for a reason. And let's say after, you know, Sunday night football is on the one o'clock games, the four o'clock games, they're done. They're over. They're settled. You, what you got your money, you're good. And they all, they more times than not Sunday evening, right before I go to bed to start my, you know, the, the following week, uh, they have Sunday main seven days of six days away. It's already up. And those yep. prices are already done. They're set in stone. So if you look at a guy like, let's just take rookie uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire in, uh, in, in Kansas city, he's $7,000 on FanDuel. He was $7,000 a week ago when, when Maine broke, they don't change. It's not like the Vegas over unders or, or prop betting. The lines don't change. They don't shift. You know, some people think, well, I, I want to get in uh, as many lines as I can Sunday or Monday before they change the prices. FanDuel and DraftKings, they don't change the prices. Can you imagine how crazy that would be? It, it would yeah. screw up everything. And prices, the, the cheap prices, they, they don't scare me. They do the opposite. They excite me. Because if too. you know, yeah. uh, we're getting to know each other now. And as I've said, I write a that, that, that bottom of the barrel article. It's the lowest of the low guys, you know, pricing wise, that we can fit in our lineups to go with a guy as like Cook or Henry or James Conner this week, those $5,000 running backs who we think can hit like DJ Dallas in Seattle last weekend or hasty in San Francisco combined for three touchdowns. And they were like, I believe 49 for $4,900 for one guy, DJ Dallas was $4,500. So pricing, the low pricing doesn't scare me. It's the guys that are high priced, like take uh, Lamar Jackson, for instance, in Baltimore, they're, they're, they're stud dynamo quarterback or so we thought. He's uh, eighty. He's eight thousand one hundred dollars on FanDuel this week, and looking at my notes, he's sixty nine hundred dollars on DraftKings. Well, he hasn't really uh, put up the, the the points or the yardage that that he did last season when he was MVP. So, does that kind of pricing for Lamar Jackson eight thousand one hundred dollars on FanDuel really warrant the product that we're getting on the field? So, to me. The low prices excite me, and it's the most expensive players' prices that, that that really freak me out. Because if you if you roster a quarterback like him, or you know he's eight thousand bucks, eighty one hundred, as I've said, and he lays an egg and he puts up five or six points, uh, you've already hindered your team with such yeah. a high priced player. And at that price, there's little to no to no room for for error there. Guys got to hit uh, value or you won't have a chance to win any money here. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, I rolled with Russ because I, last week I said, there's no chance. And you know what's it? So I was going to tell you, you know, what's interesting. I, I try to tell people to watch a lot of games because Garoppolo, I watched the Garoppolo game against the Pats. Now they, they killed the Patriots, but I didn't think he played well in that game. So I wasn't thinking, well, just because Seattle's 32nd against the pass, I don't really think he's a great quarterback, so I'm not yeah. going to go and play him against Seattle. That's been the thing to do is, is that sometimes don't get, you know, if, if someone's 32nd against something all the time, but he stinks, mm-hmm. maybe not play that guy. I think we get locked into sometimes we got to play no matter who it is against that mm-hmm. bad defense. 
Well, I'll be honest with you. Matchup has everything to do with uh, DFS. Like, I mean, that's what I'm really looking to do. I'm looking for green, you know, 32nd, 31st of those green colored matchups. And they play a huge role in what I do. But in today's day and age of the NFL, there's a hand, there's a half dozen teams, maybe even eight to 10 teams are in official matchups a week. So you, you take, uh, the handful of those guys that are in good matchups and then you break it down from there. So everything that we do here with DFS is a process and it's just, it's mind boggling how, how deep and how uh, crazy you can get with your, with your research and everything. So to answer your question, yes, absolutely. Because as I said, half the teams in the league have plus matchups on a week so i wouldn't granted with you russ has absolutely fantastic this season and when you see a matchup like he had you think oh i I can roster him and and his floor is 300 yards and three touchdowns and then we get you know right it right in our face we get punched right in the face by you know non-performance on the field going back to the pricing sometimes a price can entice you because i think elliot is 6600 yeah I mean, that might be the lowest hill. I mean, realistically, he might never be that. But if it's not a good matchup, and I, t- I use the word conviction, if you don't don't play the guy because he's 6,600, play him because you think, you know what? I like Dallas this week, and I think absolutely. he'll have 100 yards. You can't just play him because of the price, right? Don't get lost. No, yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought him up because uh, he's, you said, $6,600 on, on DraftKings. I would play him in a heartbeat on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, he's eight thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I'm not going anywhere near Zeke Elliott when he's that when he's that price. Yep. And you're gonna, and then you'll, the next, the follow-up question will be, well, uh, at, at what price would you feel comfortable playing Zeke? And I would say, you know, sixty-five, sixty-eight hundred dollars. Well, here's the thing: he's never gonna be that cheap. So that means, well, I guess I'm just never gonna play Zeke, right? Because I, I'm yeah. not willing to spend up for the price and more importantly, specifically for Zeke Elliott, that whole Dallas team is in shambles. They look awful. They're, yeah. you know, Andy Dalton's on IR and, and Zeke has not looked right. And for that amount of price, uh, or excuse me, for how much he cost, I'm ending up, I could easily just grab a guy, his backup, like Tony Pollard, who is $5,000 cheaper, and he might yeah. get the same amount, if not more work than that. So everything again is just, you know, a process, writing things down, figuring it out, right? So, yeah, price doesn't always mean everything. For beginners, if they're playing with $20, do you believe in that rule, the 80-20 rule where you play 80% cat? I know you do your own thing, but if people want to yeah. play tournaments, they should, if they want to dabble in and they have 20 bucks, they should probably spend, what, 15 to $16 on some safe yeah, like Actually, uh, right? yeah, yeah, double double ups or uh, what? What? Yeah, they're double ups where uh, you know, if there's a hundred people in the contest, the, the the top fifty, you know, double their money, and uh, so I've t- to be fair with you, and I'm not trying to be rude to you or anybody else, you know, who's a beginner. Uh, I've never played that way. I've not, even when I was, you know, uh, yeah. eight years ago, nine years ago, like there was, there wasn't a ton of information, you know? So by the time all this, all this, you know, 80, 20 rule or the beginners contest came out, I was already five, six years in. So yeah. I was, I was past, let's say, uh, 
trying to figure out how to like, I, you know, you figured it out on your own, kind of like a small child riding a bike or a, a child trying to read. They, kind, they have to figure it out on their own in some cases and like a trial by fire in a way, you know, your, your nose to the grindstone and you just have to find a way to figure it out. You know, if, if that's, if it's something that you're super into doing long-term. So yeah, I, I will never in a million years disparage anybody from uh, playing 80, 20 or all hundred on smaller yeah. cash games or double ups, things of that nature. Right. But uh, I will say, you know, 80 on cash games and double ups. And then, as you said, you put 20 on GPPs and just a way to uh, the cash games are a way to hedge your bets just in case the, the GPPs more times than not come through. You still hopefully doubled that $18. Yeah. How come other companies so, can't succeed so, in this? Uh, so the excuse me. Yeah. We had a bit of a delay there. Well, yep. that, man, that's a fantastic. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I had a, an, an alarm that went off on my phone. I totally forgot about it. I apologize for that. Yeah. I'll let so, you go in a minute here. No, you're, we're good. We got all day. So why aren't other companies succeeding? Well, the only other companies that I've seen are uh, they're like, kind of like prop betting sites. Yeah. Like, uh, not to, not to promo, but it's a monkey knife fight is one of them. Uh, just one of them is uh, draft day or draft alarms or something along those lines. And they're not picking up any steam because FanDuel and DraftKings are tried and true, right? Yeah. They have, they have these huge markets. People dedicate entire podcasts to this stuff. They dedicate entire websites to this stuff. And it's kind of like that, like the new guy at school or the new girl at school, they come in, you have to make like, like it off the charts, good first impression. And then you're in, if you don't, you get, you get thrown to the wolves. And that's what I think is happening to a lot of these other smaller sites and especially like prop betting, right? Uh, prop betting in the NFL has been around since the sixties or the seventies in Vegas, you know? Uh, so prop betting is prop betting. You don't need to have a little app on your phone. You can go to the big time websites and get all your bets and over unders in there. So to answer your question, that's it, it, just it. FanDuel yeah. and DraftKings are, it's tried and true. People yeah. feel comfortable with that. And if somebody is spending their own money, people get even more weird and they don't want to feel uh, awkward or, or, you know, uncomfortable when they're spending their own money. And again, FanDuel and DraftKings are, are the, the head honchos here. Yeah. I like super drafts. You know, that's a multiplier. Super draft. Yeah. That's, that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. And I do the Yahoo free and you know, you get that free, but you know, Yahoo's kind of the same format. <laughs> But I, I'm just not drawn to it. So it really is the marketing or like you said, I think I've been with DraftKings and FanDuel forever myself. So you just become part yeah. of that. Same marketing. Yeah, you get you, yeah. And you get attached, right? Like yeah. if you play, uh, I, there's one seasonal fantasy team I've been a part of since I was a kid. I mean, I'm only in my mid 30s. So we're talking 15, 20 years. You get attached to that thing. That's just the, the human condition. That's human nature, you know? Yeah. And, and again, FanDuel was the first DFS website I've ever played. And I've, I, I, they don't know who I am, but I'd <laughs> like to think that I've gone to battle on that website with my, yeah. I've spent so much time, you know, crunching numbers and, and putting in money and, and taking money out. I'm very, very much connected with FanDuel. I know it's an odd thing to say, no. you know, just some inanimate object, but that's where I feel most comfortable there. So I, I don't really feel like spending my money elsewhere. So I, I think before it was FanDuel, it was called pay the fan. Yeah. I think they, so 
I had a broadcast partner named Aaron Goldsmith, who's now the, he's the voice of the Seattle Mariners. He one day told me about this way to play fantasy sports. And he said, listen, I've been winning all this money. You pick, he, you know, explain it to me. Mm-hmm. And I was doing seasonal. I love seasonal, but he got me into this and I was hooked instantly, instantly. Yeah. So, you know, I remember winning a big, I think I entered some big contests and Aaron Rodgers is the first quarterback to win me some money. I yeah. stacked him. And then it was Russell Wilson and um, Doug Baldwin on a Sunday night game against new England where I played, I played Russell Wilson against the Patriots. I didn't care. Yeah. I ran it back with um, Edelman. It was it was when the Sunday nights used to be part of the main slate, and no mm-hmm. one. Would, I figured out no one would play the late games because they didn't want to wait. Yep, that's a good strategy to have now. Yeah, play the. But it's interesting, you know. Like I remember before, fit like just getting the introduction to this. Like, do you remember that? Just being like, were you just instantly hooked? Like I was. Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned Aaron Rodgers was the, the first, you know, quarterback yeah. that you played that won you money. The first big money I won was uh, it was five. It was five thousand dollars. I won wow. on a dollar entry. It was baseball. You know, nice. it was, I beat out. I, I still have the screenshot somewhere in an old phone. I beat out fourteen thousand seven hundred and forty two other people in Felix Hernandez was the starting uh, pitcher for Seattle. And he propelled me to that five thousand dollar win. And I was hooked right away. I I've always found I've, I, I have more success. Hockey is my best DFS sport than it's baseball. And then people be, people are surprised when I tell them that football is not even really one of my, my yeah. main DFS uh, cash sources. It's always been hockey and baseball, you know, cause football is so, you don't know who's going to go off for three touchdowns and 200 yards. It's, but when you get to like hockey and baseball, those sports, those guys normally tend, they tend to stay to their averages. If they're, if they score, you know, two goals a game and having it like they normally stick to their averages when yeah. it comes to football, it's a free for all. Is baseball really just a home run when you feel like when you're filling out lineups? I mean, you're just looking for home run. I know with those showdowns, I yeah. had Mookie Betts in the, mm-hmm. in the captain spot in a showdown in the world series. And he was the only player that did anything. And I still cashed. I, yeah, and that was I, it. Yeah. Me too. I believe that that was uh, game four or five. Every, you know, Tampa Bay uh, didn't even score a run. So yeah. everybody in their lineup had 0.0. But when it comes to baseball, there's a lot there. You know, home runs are the most points. I mean, they, I'm sure you know this, they, everything counts for points now for, yeah. you know, a single, a double, a triple, you know, things like that. Stolen bases are huge. So it depends. If, if I'm going to fill out my roster based on home runs, it's going to be, <coughs> excuse me, it's going to be Trout. Bellinger and Ronald Acuna. Well, if you spend up on those three, don't have a lot of your others look for it uh, that can get me steals like Ozzy Albies, let's say, or, you know, things of that nature. So it's just a whole nother can of worms when we get into baseball DFS. Yeah. Hey, we'll do that again. I, I, I like what you said at the beginning, because I feel the same way. I like that this brought us together, you know, and now we're friendly. Now we're going to be uh, colleagues. And this is what's great about all of this. That's uh, again, that's at the, in the opening of the show, I said, money has never been my motivator, Uh, helping others and uh, meeting new people and having good conversations with like-minded individuals like yourself is first and foremost on, on my list of, of why I do this. So yeah, well, we're definitely going to have to get together again. I, we could talk for two hours, I feel like until the sun goes down and I'd be more than happy. 
All right, please like, subscribe, comment, rates. You know what to do. I want feedback. Tell me interviews you want to hear. Hey, if you're a DFS player, let me know. Wasn't that fun? Chris is awesome. Follow him at Detroit Beastie. Follow me at the Radio Mike on Twitter, Facebook. That's episode 52 behind the mic. We got some great guests coming up in the future. Hope to announce that soon. As always, peace and love. I'll talk to you.